Good morning, everybody. We're going to start off in, how about we start off in the beginning? Genesis 1. Last time I was up, I talked about idolatry, the worship of idols, and this morning I'm going to talk about image. Image is very close to idol worship in some way because sometimes some of the idols use the same, that's referred in the Hebrew, uses the same word as image. You know, we can't help ourselves. We, got, we, we want to see something. We're drawn to things we see. Sometimes too much. Especially in today's, in our culture today, many times we will make an idol out of somebody, you know, a person, sometimes ourselves even. And we're surrounded by images. Almost everybody has a smartphone. If you take images, we're so much focused on our image, are we not? Much of the advertising is aimed at us in the image. To make us feel like we got to look a certain way in order to be loved or liked or just to be. The Bible says we're made in the image of God. What does that mean? Does it mean we are God? In what way are we like Him? You know, we we looked at last time uh, a lot about worship. Uh, because we bow to what we worship, we serve that thing, whether, whether it's God or something else or ourselves. Um, it's it's so easy for us to draw, be drawn to what we can see to worship something that we can see. Isn't it interesting that you can't see God? And the Bible talks about He has no form. Then you say, well, Jesus, 
at a forum. He's a man. Can you see him? So there's a there's an extra blessing for those who bow their worship toward the true God that you can't see. You know what the truth is what is seen is really a shadow of the reality. The type may not be exact representation, but it's definitely less than the true thing. But, you know, we, we kind of get those, get those things backwards. So, the word for image in Hebrew is selam. And in the, in the Greek, it comes across as akon. Icon. Icon. Let's look at let's look here at Genesis one, verse twenty six. We know that God has created everything there was with a series of let there be's, and it was so. And then here on the sixth day, God on verse twenty six, then God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness." Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So that that word, let's start off with that word image. Um, it can mean statue, idol, corsairs, image, figure, replica, or likeness. And the sense is, it's a model, a representation. It's a physical representation of something regardless of the material it's made from. There's another word there, likeness, the word demut. It could be model, shape, or likeness. So what is God like? What will you liken God to? We know, you know, we've been studying in youth here lately about the Trinity Fascinating, isn't it? Three and one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you notice there, there, verse 26, he says, let us make man in our image. So who's he talking to? It's... You know, I read I read a bunch of commentaries. A lot of people, you know, people have their different ideas. Some, you know, the early church fathers thought, that, you know, this is the Trinity. He's talking to the other the 
the Father, you could say, would be talking to the Spirit or the Son. Or which one is it talking? You know? Um, So let us make man. So one, one view is that he's talking to the other heavenly beings. Um, you know, if you read Job, it talks about in 38, you know, where were you when I created all everything? He talks about in there that um, the sons of God were rejoicing in that day. So that, you know, there were heavenly beings around. I, I don't really think that that's what, what this is because, you know, then it says that so in verse 27, so God created him in his own image. He didn't say our image there. You know, so you got a plurality, and then you got first person here. <clears throat> so I really do think it probably is Trinity. Um, so why did, you know, if you notice here, God made man to have dominion over the earth, over over the the the, create, the things that God created, the animals, the land. So that was the purpose of man. Let's see here. You know, God God is amazing. You know, when you, when you start thinking about Him. You think you understand him. But the more you think about him, the more you think you realize you don't understand him. You know, like we said, he's triune that we know of. Um, He creates everything out of nothing. Now, my mind starts to swirl there when I think, a wall is nothing. I mean, you know, to me, there's always been something, because that's the only way thing, only way I can think, right? Because, you know, and it's pretty, it's pretty wild. There's been, uh, you know, several thousand years of mankind of our existence. Yet, I only know fifty years of it. But it seems like I've been here forever. You know? But then, you know, I realize there's going to be a day when in this life I am no more. So there's no way that I can totally understand someone who's infinite, who's always been. He always, you know, he always is. Always. You can say I was born. And then after I'm gone, you can say he was whatever. Now you can say he is. But God always is. Always. We know God's spirit. 
right? And we know that there's perfect unity in the Godhead. The Father loves the Son. The Son only says what the Father tells him to say. He only does what he sees his Father doing. The Son gives glory to the Father. The Father sends the Son to die for the sins, for my sins and yours. The Son perfectly obeys to do the will of him who sent me. The Son sends the Spirit to bear witness of him and to lead believers, us, into all truth. The Spirit seals us, protecting us from the wrath of God, guaranteeing our inheritance. That is who we are to image. Kind of intimidating, right? Could be. So I want to look at, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, this, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, in our image, there's a preposition there, in. But, but, salem. Okay, it's a but. The bait. Now, that can, that can be, that can be different words, different prepositions. And there's a view out there, and, and I'm going to present it to you. You know, I'm not saying it's totally right or anything, but it makes sense to me. Could be, let us make man as our image, in our likeness, according to our likeness. So what, what would that look like? Let us make man as our image. Hasn't the call always been for the people of God to be priests? You know, you know, God made Adam to be the image, to be his image, to be his representation, his representative here on earth. Of course, he, you know, how many of us have done well at that? But at the same time, it's not removed from us because it talks later on, even after the fall in Genesis 9, to not murder man because he's in he's as in the image of God, so it wasn't taken away because of the fall. God's okay with imperfect people. At least in this life. I mean, he provides a way for us to be right with him, after all. He allows us to live. I mean, how many of us deserve the next breath? No? So, you know. So Adam was to have dominion over everything as a priest and a king. To rule. Let us make man as our image so that he can rule. Now you can get you can get crazy with that. But the 
the the point is to rule in the will of the Father, the way that God wants you to rule, under true obedience to the Father, always giving glory to the Father, and to realize that I'm always under Him. Now, we know in the garden there came one to deceive. And what did he what did he say? You can be like God. Isn't that strange? He was made in the image of God according to his likeness. How many of us are tempted every day to be like God? I've heard teachings on this by very popular people saying that we basically are God because of this. That it deifies man. Very dangerous to me, in my opinion. So, so he's to he's to rule, to subdue the earth, and to be fruitful and multiply. And what happens when he multiplies? He has one in his image. So how are you to raise your image bearers in the in the you want them to glorify God? The idea is to to fill the earth with God imagers. We've really messed that one up, haven't we? Um, so so much today. I mean, we're we're so like I was talking about earlier. We're we're so in tune with our image, our first our fleshly image, the image that we got the wrong way. Let's go on here. Um, what is God like? Let's look a little more. Let's look at let's look at Isaiah forty. You know, there in verse 10, he says, uh, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. A strong hand. You know, I, I, I would like to I'd like to read the whole thing, but, you know, you guys ought to really just sit down and read that whole chapter. Um, it's really amazing. It's actually talking about Christ, because um, it talks about you know the, or, earlier the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, and we know that was John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way for Jesus. But if you go, let's see here, look at verse fifteen. Uh, 
I'll tell you what. Let's, let's start in verse 12. Who, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Uh, measured heaven with a span? And calculated the dust of the earth in a measure? Weighed the mountains in scales? And the hills in a balance? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Or ha- as his counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him? And taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are a drop in the bucket and are counted as a small dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing. And they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. To whom will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? That shows you the magnificence of God. But just think about it. You know, the earth is massive compared to us. And he created it. He spoke it into existence. And then there's the, the stars in the sky. Some of the stars are huge. And it talks about how he, just, he could just lift up aisles like they're very little things. It shows you the, the you know, the, just the amazing awesomeness of God. Things that we, we wouldn't even think about because there's no way that we could even dream about doing that. Um, how much how much can you move? How much weight can you move? When you when you were when you were a man, I mean, you know, young and strong. All of it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> what what happened? What? To whom, <laughs> to whom then will you liken God? You know, there verse 19 says, The workman molds an image. The goldsmith overspreads it with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. We're talking about making, you know, idols here. Um, and then you go on down there to verse 25. To whom will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. There's none equal to God. He's amazing. So, you know, that shows you how, a little bit of how, how just how vast he is. Let's look at Deuteronomy 4. What else is God like? Deuteronomy 4. Here, verse uh, 15. Of course, you know, this is after after what they saw at Sinai, the mountain quaking and the fire and the smoke and thunder and lightning and clouds and the God coming down, God coming down 
uh, verse 15, you know, he's, tell, he's telling the people here, take, take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb or Sinai, out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, a likeness of any animal that is on the earth, or likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, a likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, or a likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And take heed lest you lift your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. So you saw no form, he says. Even though God was definitely there, they felt his presence. They knew he was there. But they saw no form. It's just you know, amazing to me that, that why he even has to say to not form any kind of figure like anything that God created. You know, that that word for image, that selim, you know, in the Hebrew, there's, to my knowledge, you know, all, all, all the words have a root of three consonants. And that, that selim is the, the tzadi, lamed, mem, is the root. And let me pull that up here. That root means to chop off, hew, cut, or to carve. You know, there's all kinds of places in the scripture where, you know, there was time, like with the, I believe with the altar, like the stone, you know, the things it was made of, it couldn't be hewn. You know, it couldn't be altered by man. Not made by the hands of men. But yet, our temptation is to hew something, to make it. You know, when you when you make something, you pour you pour a lot of time into it, into Wayne. I think would know probably as much as anybody with the, the the what he can make. It's fascinating, all the detail he can put in that little knife. You know, and to me, you know, if I could do something like he can do, I'd have to watch myself because it's fascinating. You know, you you can get you can take your heart. You know, because it's so intricately, intricately done. And, you know, there's, I mean, guys, you know, we can do that with sports cars, whatever. You know, I mean, the sky's the limit. Because, you know, you know God God can create out of nothing. And, and we, as his imagers, you know, we, we have the ability to somewhat create. We can't create out of nothing. We can create. We can. We can be creative with what he's made, right? 
And I think that God gives us that gift and that ability to do those kinds of things. Um, so I thought that was interesting, you know, that that, that root comes from that. Um, so if you, you know, if you see no form, how, how, how do you image something like that? Let's look at what what else. Another uh, verse describing. We're, let's look at Exodus fourteen. No, sorry, Exodus thirteen. Verse 21, you know, God is leading them, Israel out of Egypt. Verse 21, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So it's to go by day and night. So the Lord was in that. He was in the cloud. He went before them by day in the pillar of cloud, and by night in the pillar of fire. It's kind of interesting that God can be in something like that. But you know, like in Revelation, there's something that describes His throne. There's a rainbow. There's a sea of glass. There's all kinds of you know things that we. That are, uh, you know, he made it all. Let's look at another. Let's go back to Exodus 3. Very interesting. You know, Moses at the burning bush. <clears throat> now Moses, verse 1 was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, or Sinai, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So the angel of the Lord Appears to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. Okay, so so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Okay? So here you have... Starts off with the angel of the Lord. And then it, and he's in a flame of fire in the bush that's not being burned. So the Lord turned aside to look. Is that the same person? Same. And God. And these are three different word, three different words here. The angel of the Lord, and the Lord, Yahweh, and then God, Elohim. Okay, which one's God? You know, God can 
we saw that he, he can take the he can be in the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud. He can be in this burning bush. We know that he talked to someone through a donkey. Is there anything he can't do? You know, he he veils himself to keep from consuming you. He has to, like, almost hide himself from you to protect you. And he can do that in any means he wishes. So let me ask you this. Can you do that? The answer should be no. (laughs) I hope you'd say that. It would would be awesome if I could do stuff like that, but I can't. I'm not going to try to, you know, make, you know, some kind of claim that I can. Um, But isn't it interesting that some people would almost think that they can have equality with God because of Genesis 126? And then we have the one who poses us who makes claims like that about himself I will exalt myself right I will do this I will do that and you know honestly a lot of times we have the same temptation Um, we want to try to make a name for ourselves I mean isn't that what we try to do when we especially when we get out of the house we want to make a name for ourselves. And, you know, it's kind of tied It's tied to our image. It's tied to, we think it's tied to our success. Um, we have to prove ourselves. We've got to get our name out there. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we do a pretty good job. Um, you know, as you get, as you, you get known more and more, People use you more, and you become more successful, all that. And that's okay if you keep it, you know, your boundaries right, you know, your allegiance right to God. I'm nothing without Him. But I haven't always believed that, you know. So... The Klein's, you know, talking about this uh, image of God and God, uh, rather than enforcing the idea that God inherently possesses physical form, when Yahweh appears to men in human form, there's no suggestion that this form is anything but a temporary manifestation, right? Um, We know that was it Genesis 18, Abraham, when there's the three men that meet with him? And uh, he goes on to say, uh, 
Yahweh, God, he, he occasionally assumes a human form in the Old Testament in various places. He is not depicted in human terms because he has a body, but because he is a person. In Israelite thinking, it was impossible to think clearly about personhood without thoughts of embodiment. The Hebrew Bible describes a person in terms of the fusion of material flesh and immaterial inner life. You know, there's all kinds of, of verses where God talks about, you know, my hand, an outstretched arm, um, you know, body language. Um, I think that's what he's kind of getting at there. Um, and God is a person, wouldn't you agree? Um and that's why we have relationship. You can't have relationship with somebody who's not a person, not personable. Um, so let's go back to Genesis 1 again. So, 126, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Now, as I was talking about, let us make man as our image. Um, yeah, I don't know if you like that or not. Uh, kind of makes sense to me in a way. Um because you know, all through the all through the uh, scriptures, you know, it's like an Exodus. Um, he brought them out, you know, to where they could be kings and priests. Uh, and New Testamently speaking, same thing, where we could be kings and priests of our God. Um, You know, not necessarily confined to a building. Um, as Christians, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. And we all engage society, other people, other people made in the image of God. And it's our duty to be kings and priests, no matter where we are, to our God, to image Him, to other people, you know, to spread the gospel of what God has done for us. That's that's our purpose, right? Um, an image, you know, we're representatives of God. Um, and, and as with anything else, you know, if you had a business, you had people working for you, would you want people, yeah, I don't know how to say it, you want, you want people to represent you well, right? 
Because what's going to happen if they don't? It's going to come back and mess your image up. So we should. That, that's 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 the same for us as 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 the image of God to represent Him well. Not as perfect, but to always point to Him. To ne- to to avoid, as hard as it may be at times, to avoid pointing the glory to myself, but to reflect His glory. Right? Very very hard to do sometimes. Especially especially when you have a lot of people like, you know, today, you know, you have a lot of people following people. Can you imagine the amount of pressure when you have a million people following you? They like what you say, the way you look, you know, all these things. How intense is that pressure? You know, because and I don't, I don't envy those guys at all, because, man, you're gonna fail one of these days, and everybody's gonna know it. You know, and and um, at the same time, you know, when you have that many people following you, it's I would think it's really hard not to be high and lifted up, right? And to draw the glory to yourself. Anyway, so, you know, I I think that's, I thank God I'm just kind of under the carpet somewhere or something, you know, where nobody sees me. Um, so let's, let's look, um, Let's go to let's go to uh, John one. Kind of take takes the pressure off of Adam here. Um, We're looking more at at what God is like here. John 1, 1, we all know this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men, and light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So in the beginning... God created everything out of nothing. And here it says in the beginning was the Word. And that Word was with God and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. And we know, you know, a few verses later it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we know that is Jesus. So we know that God... Is spirit. It talks about him having no form. It talks about we've looked at how he can take any form to make himself known to you, to to talk, to give a message, to unveil himself. 
But here we see that the word that created all becomes a man. So, we know that is Jesus. So, did he exist before he became a man? According to the scripture, yes, he did. So, did he have a body before he became a man? Was he the son before he became a man? I I think so. Um, so where was he? Anyway, I mean, you can, you can, you can, you know, you can keep going in your mind and thinking about these things. Um, and I think, I think eventually you get to the point where you can't answer the question. And that's okay, I think. Um, Let's look at um, Proverbs 8. I love I love uh, this chapter talking about wisdom. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll, I'll, I want to start off, though, with verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. Wisdom. It's, it's, it seems as though wisdom is personified as a person. Let's look on Verse 22, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting wisdom. From the beginning, before there ever was an earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits to, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked off the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was his delight, daily delight, rejoicing always before him. Wisdom. As a person there, with God, from the beginning. So is that the same person as the Word? Why is it? Does anybody know why wisdom is personified as a she? He probably, I think he does. See, in Hebrew, it's a lot like some of the other languages. You have 
masculine terms and feminine terms. Wisdom is feminine. That's why it's personified as she. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't, I didn't know that until lately. Wisdom is a feminine word in Hebrew. Like, you know, like Spanish has feminine, right, and masculine words. That means the pronouns associated with wisdom in this context will always be feminine because wisdom is feminine word, not necessarily a feminine person. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. See, this always messed with me because I, to me, I see this as the word. You know, um, that's that's the way I see it anyway. Um, so it always messed with me because everywhere else in the Bible where it talks about God, it talks about heat, right? And so this really kind of messed with me. Yes. Jesus talked about there's not marriage in heaven, you know, and so like, uh, did, did he say there's no female? I, I don't remember if he, anyway. Um, so, um, what time is it? Hmm. Okay. Let's look at one more passage and then we'll have to continue another time. How about Psalm 8? I didn't even get past the first point here. Psalm 8. Uh, let's read the chapter. It's very short. Uh, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, 
that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, O our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So we see here kind of a commentary on, on, the, on the creation of man and how he was created a little lower than the heavenly beings and he was crowned with glory and honor and how he's, he was given dominion over, over all, the, all the things. And where I was going to transition here is, you know, you can see Adam in this, man in this. But that's a shadow of the man that was to come. One that was to come who would have dominion over everything as a man. he come as a man. And he's fixed everything. And I hate that I couldn't get to that. Um, but I will next time. So um, I hope you've enjoyed the just the majesty of God and the how he he makes us a part of his creation to have dominion, you know, to be a part. We're, you know, we, he loves us. And uh, he has, you know, he has, he has a purpose for us to fill the earth with other images and to give him glory. You know, eventually, eventually I'm going to get to the point of there's, there's another thing tied to this image. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But it, the image wasn't lost at the fall, but something else was traded, and we'll talk. We'll get to that. I don't know if we'll get to that next week, but anyway, we'll we'll get to there. Anyway, let's pray. Father, thank you for your vast amazingness and for your word and how you. And you've just given us this life that we have here today, Father, and, and help us to see that, um, you know, what are we that you really are mindful of us? And to, and to uh, just to be worshipful towards you in that and uh, to, to acknowledge you in, in the right perspective and to put you um, in your proper place in our heart of, of First above all, help us to do that, Father, on a daily basis. And as we go out from here, Lord, help us. Give us the power to uh, spread your word and, and your love to all the, other, all the rest of the earth. And it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Uh, tonight, six, right?